0: Hello there and welcome to Grim Reading where each episode we read and review a brother's grim tale. My name is Matthew Hughes and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. Funde Vogel aka okay. Fletchling. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a
1: Grim Reading.
0: There was once a forester who went into the forest to hunt, and as he entered it, he heard a sound of screaming, as if a little child were there. He followed the sound, and at last came to a high tree, and at the top of this, a little child was sitting, for the mother had fallen asleep under the tree with the child, and a bird of prey had seen it in her arms, had flown down, snatched it away, and set it up high on the tree. (laughs) Why did it do that? Just a prank. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. We're not going to go into the (laughs) birds' choices. (laughs) The forester climbed up, brought the child down, and thought to himself, you will take him home with you and bring him up with Yelena. Sorry? Is his
1: mum just asleep there and he's just nicked her
0: kid? No, that's not clear, is it? I think we can assume the mother has gone away. Oh. It doesn't make any sense. But just assume that this hasn't <laughs> happened in thirty minutes. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: Child's been there a while. Oh, stolen by I a see. And the mum woke up and went, Where's my kid? Oh well, bye. <laughs> Shrugged her shoulders. <laughs> walked off.
0: Dusted her hands, off she goes. I got you. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> got you. Yeah. Got that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm with you. With yeah, I'm Shoot. with you now. I'm with you now. And well, he's taken the child home, um, which is a good thing in this story. Okay, good. And um, he said, "You're going to bring him up with your Lena, your other child, Lena." Oh, Lena, right? Okay. Yeah. He took it home, therefore, and the two children grew up together. The one, however, which he had found on a tree, was called Fundifogel, because a bird had carried it away. Fundifogel and Lena loved each other so dearly that when they did not see each other, they were sad. Oh. Oh, that's nice. Nice, isn't it? The forester had an old cook. one evening took two pails and began to fetch water and did not go once but many times out to the spring lena saw this and said old sanna why are you fetching so much water if you will never repeat it to anyone i will tell you why so lena said no she'd never repeat it to anyone and then the cook said early tomorrow morning when the forester is out hunting i will heat the water and when it is boiling in the kettle, I will throw in Funtifogel and will boil him in it. I, ju- I just knew that's where it was going to go. <laughs> Why? You're so desensitized I now.
1: I know. <laughs> what? Has You're she like, not yep, got enough yep, other She's going to the child, she's <laughs> yeah, going to yeah, boil gonna the, gonna the boil child. The kid. Come on, Matt. She's going to boil the kid. Come on, get that's it. That's what she's going to do. And she's going to boil the child because she thinks he's a giant
0: chicken. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? No explanation. <gasps> anyway. Early the next morning, the forester got up and went out hunting, and when he was gone, the children were still in bed. Then Lena said to Fundevogel, If you will never leave me, I too will never leave you. Fundafogel said, Neither now nor ever will I leave you. Then said Lena, Then I will tell you. Last night, old Santa carried so many buckets of water into the house that I asked her why she was doing that, and she said that if I promised not to tell anyone, she would tell me, and I said I would be sure not to tell anyone, and she said that early tomorrow morning, when Father was out hunting, she would set the kettle full of water, throw you into it, and boil you. But we will get up quickly, dress ourselves, and go away together. Yes, well done. You did the right thing by telling
1: him. Yeah, well done. (laughs) I mean, you should have told him the night before, to be honest. Why did you leave it so late?
0: (laughs) It's like, thanks, cook, I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's it's funny, just, Oh, well, I slept well. Anyway, by the way. <laughs> the two children therefore got up, dressed themselves quickly, and went away. When the water in the kettle was boiling, the cook went into the bedroom to fetch von de and throw him into it. But when she came in and went to the beds, both the children were gone. Then she was terribly alarmed, and she said to herself, What shall I say now when the forester comes home and sees that the children are gone? Quickly, they must be followed and brought back again. Then the cook sent three servants after them, who were to run and overtake the children. The children, however, were sitting outside the forest, and when they saw from afar the three servants running, Lina said to Fundefogel, Never leave me, and I'll never leave you, Fundefogel said, Neither now nor ever. Then said Lena, Do become a rose bush, and I will be the rose upon it. What? When uh. the three... <laughs> When the three servants came to the forest, nothing was there but a rose bush and one rose on it. But the children were nowhere. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> That's okay. Weird. it's not. This is weird, isn't is it?
0: Scratching bush. their head. Well, <laughs> oh, there's a rose bush. But where are the children? <laughs> oh, there's a lovely rose on it. <laughs> um, so then said they, "Oh, there's nothing to be done here." And they went home and told the cook that they had seen nothing in the forest but a little rose bush with one rose on it. Then the old cook scolded and said. You simpletons, you should have cut the rose bush in two, broken off the rose and brought it home with you. Go and do it now. They therefore had to go out and look for the second time. The children, however, saw them coming from a distance. Then Lena said, Funderfogel, never leave me and I'll never leave you. Funderfogel said, Neither now nor ever. (laughs) For the last time. (laughs) (laughs) Said Lena, Then you become a church and I'll be the chandelier in it. So what <laughs> We saw nothing in the forest but a
1: massive church with a <laughs> glorious chandelier in it. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> what
0: uh, I like it, you can't you can't cope with this one, can you? You can't cope with <laughs> <No>. it. <laughs> oh, dear. Leaving Adam dangerously far behind <laughs> this story. Oh no. Uh, so oh, what a strange choice. What
1: what so, so she said, there? you
0: know. You become a church, I'll be the
1: chandelier in it. Yes, that famous (laughs) church staple, the chandelier.
0: (laughs) Nothing, no pews, nothing, no altar, (laughs) just a massive (laughs) chandelier. So when the three servants came, nothing was there but a church with a chandelier in it. They said therefore to each other, what can we do here? Let us go home. When they got home, the cook asked if they had not found them. So they said no, they had found nothing but a church and that there was a chandelier in it. And then the cook scolded them and said, You fools! Why did you not pull the church to pieces and bring the chandelier with you? And now, the old cook herself got up and went with the three servants in pursuit of the children. Oh no! The children, however, saw from afar that the three servants were coming, and the cook waddling after them. Then said Lena, Fundefogel, never leave me, and I'll never leave you. Then said Fundefogel, Neither now, nor ever. Said Lena, Be a fish pond, and I'll be the duck upon it. The cook, however, came up to them, and when she saw the pond, she lay down by it and was about to drink it up. But the duck swam quickly to her, seized her head in its beak, and drew her into the water, and there the old witch had to drown. Then the children went home together and were heartily delighted, and if they are not dead, they are living still. The end.
1: I think in the last sort of like four sentences, I've got a lot to unpack. Okay, Fair What enough. was that ending? <laughs> what, the, they drowned the witch as a duck? Uh, okay, she's a duck, yeah. swimming in him, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I never thought I'd say. She's a duck that's big and strong enough that she can just grab the cook's yeah. head and drag her yeah. underwater. Okay. Is, that your,
0: is that your biggest issue? No. Okay, I've got an issue just, with that. Then that's it an just reveals issue.
1: I don't know if it's just being derogatory or not, but suddenly the cook is a witch.
0: Did it say that? It dragged the old
1: that. witch down in the pond. Yeah,
0: you're right, yeah. <laughs> and
1: <then> what <laughs> and then if they're not dead, they're still alive. It's like, okay, thanks <laughs> for that. I suppose there was a third option, but I can't think of it.
0: <laughs> I think that's one of my new it goes into my favourite endings. Yeah, along with good. Along with the classic, he died and has remained dead to this day. <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best one. And the second best one was, and everybody died. The end. <laughs> was that was that one of the clear and Partner ones? It was, yeah. yeah. And now we've got, if they're not dead, they're still alive. The <laughs> <Yes>. end. <laughs> Flawless logic. Love it. Well, very interestingly, apparently... That ending was added to the story by Jacob Grimm, who was aware of it as an ending in use in the folk storytelling tradition. So it wasn't actually from the source that they got this story from, he just right. stuck it on. So it's like, a, it's, it's like a common
1: ending in the same vein as, and they all lived happily ever after. Like we're all familiar exactly. with
0: it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And actually, if you can cast your mind back to Fumbling as Journeyman, we had exactly the same thing there. I love that story. We had a part where uh, the cook said, farewell, Mr. Potato King. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and that wasn't from the story's source. I think the Grimm brothers, their, their own like, maid growing up, said it or something, so they just added right. it in. I just, yeah. So the Grimms, uh, in their notes, say that um, this tale is from the Schwalm region, which is code for their source Friedrich Manel. So I think actually it's interesting it says a lot about their their methodology that they they say the area of the story rather than the person and also that they just tack on little bits here and there. And it you know it's it's the complete opposite to how you would approach collecting folklore today, right? You'd meticulously record yeah what you're being told word for word, you'd make detailed notes of the source. But you know, it's it's not that the Grimms were being dishonest or just lazy. It just really shows their sort of Romantic era approach to folk tales.
1: Yeah, and I like that in a way because you can be too academic about these things, can't you? And there's clearly a mystery and a mm. sort of yeah, a nice sort of fantastical
0: element mm. around their stories rather than them being a textbook. Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, I would say that that you know their way of of doing it is incredibly outdated now yeah but i think if you if you think that you know they were just trying to as we say show the natural poetry of the nation so for them they could legitimately chop and change and like construct the tale to best show the the germanic sort of nature yes right yeah yeah Yeah. the poetry of the german people that that doesn't make any sense to us now but you're right i mean at the end of the day like folktales from the oral tradition that's what you do you chop and change you move it yeah. you do you add bits and, and pieces it's quite old-fashioned but i think yeah it's interesting it's nice yeah that we see and i i'm quite happy with endings like that so bring them on no
1: i yeah, i liked it <laughs> i liked it the you can't fault the logic of it <laughs> no
0: <laughs> we don't normally get names in these stories we've got three names um we've got funder vogel Funde Vogel, yes. And
1: yeah, that, thanks for the subtle <laughs> correction.
0: Well, I'd like to thank there our invaluable German language consultant, Lisa Marie, for help with uh, pronunciation there. Funde Vogel. Oh, no, thanks for that, Lisa Marie. Um, okay, so that's one. Lena. It's the second one.
1: Oh, and she did mention the cook's name. You're right. Sana or something?
0: Yeah, Sana or Sana. Sana, right. Oh, okay. Sana.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, no, that is unusual it's kind of it's quite an odd one it's quite an odd story oh it's it's bizarre it's yeah. it's it's mental it had shades of sweetheart roland it did. with the transformation into yeah. inanimate things to hide from someone yes and the the mum or the stepmum coming after them in sweetheart roland is very much like the cook
0: coming after them here 100% has that happened elsewhere it has, Adam. It has. But we'll we'll be going into that shortly. Okay. So prepare yourself for that. That's something to look forward to. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> so I, th- I thought, you know, it is, it is pretty bonkers, but at its most simple, it's kind of... It's about through love and trust and perseverance, you can save yourself from being eaten. Right? We've got oh, the, words, yeah. the classic kids doing it for themselves against the evil adult. And by, like... Yeah being strong together they overcome right yes that's what it's sort of at its simplest that's what the story is about i thought yeah and i think that hammers that home with the repeated sort of vow to each other absolutely yeah like constantly sort of reiterating their love for each other yeah and on that note well i thought like it occurred to me as i was kind of uh, desperately trying to think what it might be about it occurred to me that perhaps there's something in there and especially what you picked up on at the beginning, there's something mm. in there about being orphaned possibly. Okay. At the beginning, it could be euphemistic that he was stolen from his mother by a bird and taken up in a tree and then raised elsewhere by another family. And like, and throughout the story, you know, to conquer evil in the story, as you were saying, he and his sister, they have to keep reiterating their love for each other. It's yeah. like proof that there really are siblings this proof of this like genuine familial bond with that they can overcome which you know at the time may have been a lot more common than it is now to raise uh, an orphan in a family yeah so in a sort of socializing way it's sort of saying it's saying to the listener of this story you are a member of the family you know we see that these stories they take on potentially difficult social topics yeah and then they sort of sneak them into the narrative right and I thought perhaps this story is, is dealing with, possibly dealing with that aspect.
1: Yeah, it's a nice idea. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. It does make you wonder, though, the first time she says it, if she says, you know, we, you, we'll always be together, won't we? Mm. And if, if he had said, well, I mean, one day we're going to be older. I'm sure I'll be living somewhere else. You'll be living somewhere else. She'd have been like, <laughs> never mind. And just let him be uh, cooked and eaten.
0: Santa, he's in there. The bird, <laughs> bird boy's over there. <laughs> Go get him, him up. <laughs> Take him away. <laughs> well, that's a very dark interpretation. <laughs> I like no. that you're seeing the upside. <laughs> no, that's a oh definite dear. upside. Yeah. But does that, does that ring true, possibly? No, I, I... Yeah, I think so. I think that I makes sense. You know, we've come across the idea before that these fairy tales perhaps can be, like, cathartic and... Folktales, in a way, perhaps were a very old form of like mass therapy. Sort of, yeah. They make sense of and help you process difficult things that aren't, weren't understood or talked about at the time in coded ways.
1: We yeah. talked about that in Thousand First, didn't we? Quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which was dealing with another very difficult uh, topic. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, More taboo,
1: I would say. Yeah. But no, I like that idea. And it's mm. really just quite wholesome, isn't
0: it? Yeah. On that, in that way, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought it's interesting as well that, you know, this extreme sibling bond is also reflected uh, in the Brothers Grimm, right, who were inseparable.
1: That's true. That's true. They probably had a real affinity for, like, strong sibling relationships, I suppose. Yeah, like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah.
0: Never leave me, Wilhelm. <laughs> Neither now, nor ever. <laughs> <Not> ever. <laughs>
1: Okay, Why did the cook want to boil him? (laughs) Why? Why does she want to do that? Why not? Come on. He's a tasty bird boy. She doesn't trust him. He's like, he's an outsider. he got to get rid of him. When the master's out, I'm going
0: to boil him in a pot. (laughs) What? Yeah, it's it's really weird. Because also, when she finds that they've fled, she says, now what am I going to tell the father, when he comes home, yeah, so, well, you were gonna boil him and eat him, yeah. I so, know what was uh, her end game there, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Adam. I, c- I can't help you. I mean, her, yeah, her motives don't make any sense. She sort no. of starts as the cook, then says, I'm gonna boil the child, and then she ends up as, the, yeah, the old witch, the so old witch kind of gets boss. drowned in a
1: pond, yeah, yeah. by a duck. <laughs> Can you imagine a duck wrapping mm. <laughs> like getting a, an old woman in its beak and just. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dragging him underwater <laughs> I actually can That's one of the strongest images I had It's like a mallard duck With a, with a, a as, big as a human. In. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah It I'm is
1: weirdly
0: okay.
1: okay. The yeah, physics yeah, yeah. kind
0: of work for some reason in my head <laughs> Also that makes Lena a
1: murderer It does I mean yeah it not does cool. It's not cool but I would say it's self defence <laughs> Are you already preparing a defence case? Yeah she okay. was about to drink up the, the boy. Oh god, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> it's a fairly short
0: story, but yeah. a lot's packed in there. It's busy. There's a busy one. Well on that note, there's uh there's a fair bit of busy shape shifting in there. I would say so. Shall we talk shape shifting? Let's talk shapeshifting. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> It's a favourite topic on the podcast. <laughs> it's time for our favourite segment.
1: <laughs> shapeshifting! Let's talk Shapeshifting!
0: <laughs> we did talk a fair bit about shapeshifting in Jorinda and Jaringal, Um Sort of about how fundamental it is to fairy tales. Uh, so, you know, there's plenty of other shapeshifting talk elsewhere. I think here, we need to talk more specifically, perhaps, a bit about Transformation chases again. Another topic close to your heart. Love it. But first, to kick us off, to get us in the mood, I've got some big news on the topic of shapeshifting. Oh, big news! (laughs) Well, it's about now legal. (laughs) Well, it's about ten years old, but I've only just found. It's only just recently. Is that news?
1: Is that news? (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's news
0: to you. (laughs) It's news to me. (laughs) Did you know, Adam, that Jesus was a shapeshifter? What? What do you mean? (laughs) That is at least according to a uh, 1,200-year-old Coptic Christian text which, since its discovery in Egypt in 1910, had been gathering dust in a New York museum until relatively recently when a crack team of Dutch researchers finally deciphered this old Coptic holy document where it's revealed that Jesus can shapeshift. So according to this this ancient text, it's a bit like the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? It's just another kind of Christian text yeah. that they found. You know about Judas's kiss, right? Judas kisses Christ and betrays him. Yeah. Yeah, and gives him away. So according to this text, the reason Judas kisses Christ is because Christ can shapeshift. Because if Judas had just said to the enemies... Oh yeah, Jesus, you know, he's this this high, beard, robes, you can't miss yeah. him. He could have just done that and they could have got him. But he's like, oh no, how will we know what he looks like? Because they say he can shape shift. sometimes he is white, sometimes he is red, sometimes he is wheat-colored, sometimes he is pallid, sometimes he's a youth, sometimes an old man. This is what it says in the text. Wow. So he says, okay, what I'll do is I'll kiss the guy who is Jesus, and then you'll right. know that it's him. Marking the target. like Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jesus is, was a shapeshifter, apparently, according to an old ancient Coptic text. That's a shock, isn't it? It is. Well, you say that. There's some great headlines from the tabloids on this. <laughs> I, I, bet, there the I day, bet there were. I bet there were. Oh,
1: no. Are we in for some puns?
0: <laughs> no, no, not that <laughs> Okay, good. okay. But you said that's a shock. Da- the Daily Express, uh, they went with, in capital letters, shock claim. Jesus was a shapeshifter who could take any form, ancient Egyptian text says. <laughs> it's got it's got shapeshifter <laughs> in capital letters as well.
1: <laughs> shapeshifter, Jesus Carry was a shapeshifter.
0: <laughs> Daily Mail went with shapeshifting. Jesus had the ability to escape his crucifixion. I quite like. <laughs> what 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 do they even mean by that? I don't know. Oh dear. But anyway, there's some shapeshifting news. Another new feature on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love shapeshifting news. <laughs> Keep those coming. <laughs> okay, so. Let's talk transformation chase because in a in a way we've kind of had a transformation chase there. Yeah, I'll put it to you that we have seen in the course of our journey through these fairy tales two distinct types of transformation chase.
1: Yes, I if, am I allowed to guess at what's in your mind of course. or in your notes? I would say one kind is the sort of action sequence that we see, and I always forget the title of the tale but it's like the musician's apprentice what is (laughs) it the thief and his master (laughs) the thief and his master he's not even a musician where I get that from (laughs) the musician's apprentice (laughs) Guitar um yeah so that was where we first saw like a proper transformation sequence where they're like literally turning from a bird to something else and then we talked about that i think in that episode about like the welsh tale yeah i forget the name of um so that's kind of one type I would say this story is more like um, Sweetheart Roland in that. Exactly, yeah. In order to hide, they hide in plain sight,
0: standing Mm -hmm. still as something else. Yeah, you're running away and like transforming to like hinder the progress of the person chasing you, right? Yeah. You're like, you're hiding from someone. Yeah. So we've seen it in Sweetheart Roland, you're right. We've also seen it in the ever forgettable The Water Nixie. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I've
0: forgot <laughs> <that. Which>, forgotten that. <laughs> which often comes up and we're like, oh yeah. Um, so, Funtifogel belongs to ATU type 313 the magic flight. Ooh. The magic flight? The magic flight. But more confusingly and more specifically, Funtifogel is actually 313A. The girl helps the hero flee. So under the magic flight, there are three variations, ABC. And von Vogel is A, the girl helps the hero flee. Now, to be categorized as the magic flight, this is the description of stories that come under this category. Mm -hmm. From the ogre's house, the fugitives throw magic objects behind them, which become mountains, wood, or sea, or they change themselves into various animals or objects. That's the sort of DNA of the story. Right. And R1 is the variation A, where a girl is helping someone else flee.
1: Yeah, I would take issue with the way that's worded though. Okay. Girl helps the hero escape. I would say girl is the hero in A. this story.
0: You're so right, Adam. <laughs> You're so right, I, So it's so ingrained, the sexism. I didn't yeah. even question it. <laughs> yeah, the girl helps the hero to flee. It's not, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> no. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> You've uncovered my uh inbuilt <laughs> yeah, ingrained sexism there. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, so it's it's a magic flight story, and if I'm not very much mistaken, uh we will have at least two more Grim stories that are from the magic Ooh. flight category. Am I allowed to know what they are? Um, well, <laughs> you would be. I didn't make a note of them. Okay. <laughs> so is it going to be a surprise? No. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Can't um, wait. So after reading Fundefogel I, I started watching like a trashy popcorn movie one night. Okay. And I, I had Fundefogel in my brain and it, it suddenly struck me that the, the magical flight trope is perhaps rather reminiscent of like modern blockbuster action movies. So, okay. he, hear me out on this. Okay. <laughs> See if you agree or or not. So, I thought, you know, take just even like Bond or Bourne as an example. Sure. You can tell me Jason
1: Bourne turns into a
0: pond. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that James
1: Bond. Imagine <laughs> the quips. Imagine the quips. Imagine it. Oh, <laughs> they've got to
0: have some kind of pun. I'm going to make a splash. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So... In like action films, the hero is being chased by someone or something more powerful than them, and they sort of escape. In in action films, they escape by like you know punching really well. <laughs> yeah, they instead do instead of lot. magic. Yeah. Um, but really, the sort of structure of an action film is periodically the villain sends out goons, and then finally they say, "I'll do it myself," and then they go out, and that's the big showdown. I see. Yeah. And and also that's I, very true. I mean, perhaps you could apply that better to like superhero movies, where there's something more akin to magic as well. Um, and I also thought that that whole bit that they say, neither now nor ever will I leave you. That little bonding line—it feels like it's from mm-hmm. a movie almost, right? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, they, they're like hiding, and then they say that line, and then they go out and face the villain. Yeah. So I thought, you know, maybe in the cauldron of narrative forms, maybe the modern action flick has some roots in. Folk stories of the magic flight quite
1: possibly i mean these are all narrative building blocks no reason you can't repurpose them i like that idea and i i definitely recognize the the boss the big boss (laughs) the final boss um (laughs) sending out sort of inept henchmen only to sort of come out be like oh fine i'll do it myself yeah and that totally happens in the story i hadn't even thought about that
0: i like that a lot has it got the the Adam seal of approval? Done. Stamped. Love it. You can
1: enter. Ah, thank you. Have my full support.
0: There's loads and loads of uh, stories from this ATU type, obviously. Uh, I know you always love an extra story, so should we, should we squeeze another one in real quick? Uh, yes, please. Up for that? I'm so up for that. What have we got? Well, I, I feel so bad, because I know you loved the the other type of transformation chase, the like proper full-on fight scene, right? Which we saw in The Thief and His Master. I did actually find one of those for you it was a little harder but i found it but oh. i but i thought we could save that for the 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 fable stable our patreon podcast okay and stick we into then the magic flight if you have if that's okay i'm excited about that yeah i can guarantee you're not being short-changed in this episode Ooh. for i uh i found a sir girl helps the hero flee story in this old thing oh hello hello hello,
1: hello. uh on the video chat, Matt is waving my Christmas present to him.
0: Russian fairy, Russian fairy tales.
1: Fairy tales. <gasps> I'm excited. I'm so excited. This will be the first one you've read to me from here.
0: Yeah. I mean, we did another Russian fairy tale in the Christmas uh, special. We did. But, so not um, the first Russian story. First one from the book. Well, also, particularly excitingly, Adam, this story features a really uh, super duper important character from the eastern european tradition baba yaga. baba yaga baba yaga baba yaga have you heard of baba yaga i've never heard of baba, okay. baba yaga all right good well, Who's baba yaga i hadn't to be honest i hadn't either until we started the podcast who's baba yaga okay i'm going to give you some background on baba yaga because you're going to need it but i don't want to i don't want to overload your brain tonight and we will be meeting baba yaga again Okay, Okay. so before we start the story, I'll just introduce you to Baba Yaga. Yeah, give me some stats. Okay, according to my copy of the Oxford Companion to Fairy Tales, Baba Yaga is the witch in Slavic fairy tales. Her most common attributes are a bony leg, a hut on chicken legs, and a mortar which she uses for transportation. Like all witches, Baba Yaga has an ambivalent function, since she can be both the opponent and the helper of the protagonist.
1: What? She's got one bony leg, a house on chicken legs. Yes. And she sits in a mortar or something. A pestle and mortar. Oh. That's how she gets around. (laughs) In a magical pet... What? Yeah. Oh, look at that bony chicken woman whizzing down the
0: street in a mortar. (laughs) Okay. So basically, as simple as possible... I love it already. If there's a witch character featured in a Slavic story, you can bet your bottom dollar it'll be Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga with a chicken leg. And she's a household name in Eastern Europe, as far as I'm aware, as well. We don't have anything like that here. We normally just say a witch. They have Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga beats the commoner garden witch any day of the week. You ready? Should we do it? I'm ready. Baba Yaga. Once upon a time, there was an old couple with a daughter. Uh, The wife died and the husband remarried and his new wife treated the daughter terribly. Of course. Stepmom stuff, you know. She Classic, yeah. Beat yep. her up and she pondered how she might destroy her. That's You wow, know, that okay. sort of thing. Chill out. So it's not good in the house. No. One day, dad went away. And the stepmother said to the daughter, go to your aunt and ask for needle and thread so I can sew you a shirt. And that doesn't sound too bad, but the aunt mm-hmm. was in fact Baba Yaga the bony-legged. Oh no, oh, old, no. Bony <laughs> old bony look herself. Old bony look herself. But, you know, the, the girl, our girl, the heroine, she wasn't stupid. And she went to her other aunt, her maternal aunt, uh, and she told her aunt what she's been ordered to do. I've got to go to Baba Yaga's, a bit nervous about it. And the aunt is on it straight away. And she said, listen, niece, when you're at Baba Yaga's, a birch will lash your eyes, but do just tie it with a ribbon. The gates will creak and bang at you, but just pour some oil on the hinges. Dogs are going to want to rip you apart, but just chuck them some bread. And a cat will try and scratch your eyes out, but just give him some ham. <laughs> She's going to get that messed up. She's been rub- rubbing <laughs> ham on the gate, chucking
1: oil over a dog. You know, like yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, I think I prefer that.
1: <laughs> That's great. Uh.
0: Uh, Well, with that advice, the girl said, thanks, auntie. Cheers. And she went off to Baba Yaga's. Yep. She walked and walked and finally arrived at her other aunts. She saw a little hut and in it sat Baba Yaga the bony legged. Good day, auntie, said the girl. Good day, my beloved. Mother sent me to ask for a needle and thread to sew me a shirt. Very well. Meanwhile, sit down and weave. The girl sat at the loom and Baba Yaga went out and said to her maid, "Go and heat a bath and wash my niece, but be careful, I want to eat her for breakfast." <laughs> okay. okay, we're straight don't in. Don't wash here. her too much. <laughs> don't, yeah, what? Don't ruin the, the in Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the girl sat there half dead with fright because she she's understood right. And uh baba yaga yeah. goes out and then the girl pleads with the maid and she says please yeah. please don't please. boil me and she gave her a, her kerchief her handkerchief okay right. <laughs> so that's going to be important okay. later okay um. <laughs> she, she says
1: please she says sort of please please don't do anything to me and just like slips in her hand like she's <laughs> slipping her some money yeah yeah like there's yeah. little bride she lo- she looks down, like,
0: what what is this <laughs> What have you given me? Don't mention it. It's (laughs) fine. (laughs) Treat yourself. Treat yourself. (laughs) Enjoy it. Enjoy it. (laughs) Pats her on the cheek. (laughs) Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, bye. Okay, okay. Say no more. Say no more. (laughs) That's, That's exactly what happened. Baba Yaga's outside. She came to the window and asked, Are you weaving, little niece? Are you weaving, my darling? I am weaving, auntie. I am weaving, my dear. Baba Yaga went away from the window, and the girl gave ham to the cat and asked him is there no way of getting away from here here is a comb and a towel said the cat (laughs) (laughs) what a hospitable cat (laughs) take them and run away baba yaga will pursue you but do you put your ear to the ground and when you hear her coming close throw the towel and there will be a wide wide river and if baba yaga crosses the river and begins to catch up with you put your ear to the ground again and when you hear her coming close throw your comb and there will be a very thick forest she will not be able to get through it oh thanks cat thanks thanks, for the tip top tips
1: there from the cat okay i can see the the seeds of a transformation chase
0: being sown absolutely so she took the towel and the comb from the cat and she ran now the dogs Mm. tried to attack her She threw the bread at them, right? Nice one. Doors, they tried to slam shut, but she oiled the hinges for them, and they swung open. The birch tree in the garden tried to lash her eyes, but she tied it with a ribbon, and she is out of there. Meanwhile, the cat sat at the loom, where the girl was, and he wove. And he he did not so much weave as tangle everything up. (laughs) (laughs) Classic cat move. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Baba Yaga came to the window and asked... ''Are you weaving, my little niece? Are you weaving, my darling?'' ''I am weaving, auntie. I am weaving, my dear,'' answered the cat in a rough voice. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Baba Yaga rushed into the hut, saw that the girl had gone, and took to beating the cat and scolding him for not having scratched out the girl's eyes. ''Oh, no.'' ''I have served you so many years,'' said the cat, ''and you have not given me even a bone, but she gave me a piece of ham.'' Baba Yaga flung herself on the dogs The gate, the birch and the maid And began to thrash and scold them all The dog said to her We have served you so long and you've not even thrown us a burnt crust But she gave us bread The gate said I have served you so long and you've not even poured water on my hinges But she poured oil The birch birch said I have served you so long And you've not even tied me with a thread But she tied me with a ribbon The maid said I have served you so long, and you've not even given me a rag. But she gave me a kerchief. Baba Yaga, the bony leg, jumped on her mortar, goaded it on with her pestle, swept away her tracks with a broom, and flew in pursuit of the girl. So Baba Yaga's what? out of there. She's like, oh, I've had it with you guys. I'm jumping in my mortar. She's been kicked out of her own house by her house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: um, and it, I, I'm imagining, is the pestle like the steering wheel? <laughs> is that what, it's, how it works it's
0: really odd i think so it says she it, she goaded it on with her pestle and yeah. swept away oh, see, it. it's like a whip like it's a horse oh yeah i guess so but yeah. it also said she swept away her tracks with a broom so in one hand she's whipping her mortar with her pestle and the other hand <laughs> she's got a broom and sweeping away her <laughs> tracks, <laughs> tracks so you can't see it what i
1: would imagine it's floating anyway i, don't, I, know, I can't it, imagine same. it's
0: making tracks I totally agree. That's the same with me. But that is in loads of Baba Yaga stories. I've seen that. She sweeps okay, away she the tracks. She her tracks. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so she's, she's in pursuit of our girl, Adam. Epic. It's on. The girl put her ear to the ground and heard Baba Yaga coming quite close. She threw her towel and there was a wide, wide river. Baba Yaga came to the river and gnashed her teeth with rage. She returned home, took her oxen and drove them to the river. The oxen drank the river clean. Then, okay. then she That's... sat. Then she sat out again in pursuit. The girl put her ear to the ground and heard Baba Yaga coming close. She threw her comb, and there grew up a deep and terrifying forest. Baba Yaga began to gnaw at it, but no matter how she tried, she could not gnaw through it, and she turned back, <gasps> defeated. Wow!
1: Whew! That was a close shave, right? That was close. The thing that you know finally finished her up was. A forest so thick she couldn't chew through it. <laughs> <laughs> Hoist by her own petard.
0: <laughs> 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 Touche. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. Well, we got
0: it. Let's let's see how this little story finishes, shall we? Oh, okay. We're not over. Meanwhile, the old man had come back home and asked, "Where is my daughter?" She's gone to her aunt," said the stepmother. After a while, the girl also came home. She's escaped Baba Yaga. She's back home. Nice. Where have you been? Her father asked her. Ah, father, she said. Mother sent me to Auntie for a needle and thread to sew me a shirt, but the aunt was Baba Yaga, and she wanted to eat me. How did you get away, my daughter? The daughter told him how. When the old man heard all this, he grew angry at his wife and shot her to death. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> and, then, and then he and his daughter began to live and prosper I was there and drank mead and beer it ran down my moustache but it never got in my mouth the end <laughs> To be the greatest ending we've that, ever had. I was going to say that
1: that beats all other endings. A mysterious narrator pops in for the last paragraph, and then just says, "Oh yeah, by the way, I was dribbling all over my beard." What? That's amazing. So this uh, fantastical story. Yeah. And the dad finds out what what happened. He's like, "Well, not having it." It's shoots his wife. And then, happy ever to after, and the guy that wrote the story just popped round some mead and beer and dribbled it all over his beard.
0: <laughs> they, the they, end. They lived and prospered. I was there and drank mead <laughs> and beer. It ran down my moustache. Oh, it's great. That's amazing, yeah. man. Yeah.
1: That was incredible.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't grow this uh, mighty moustache for nothing, Adam. <laughs> 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 oh, man, I love it. Um... Basically, he's saying, the storyteller is saying at the end, "Yeah, I need a drink. He says, it ran down my moustache. It never went in my mouth. Basically. Oh, I see. Give me a drink. It's great, isn't it? So, Oh, that's great isn't that cool and I've seen that in a few because I've read a few of these now of the, your Russian fairy tales you got me and they end like that it kind of comes back into the room almost of like the story that's great teller. so
1: it's like you would imagine yeah. he's telling this to his mates and he's like anyway buy me a pint sort of thing
0: yeah it's like, well yeah but it, it kind of woven in the story it's like yeah. it was great they had loads to drink I was there but I didn't get any actually and then it's like, <laughs> Hing, it's like <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's cool isn't that's it
0: fantastic I think yeah. I read as well I think that there's a there's quite a strong history of storytelling in Russia with people, like, travelling and telling stories. So you'd kind of gather with strangers and then you'd end on that kind of funny note. But it's also like, get me a drink. Somebody get me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was fun, wasn't it? But, I mean, you know, you can see that it's, it's super-duper similar to three stories we've now had. Yeah. Sweetheart Roland. Oh, completely, the yeah. The Water Nixie. And now, Wonderful Girl. yeah.
1: I can see the similarities. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Are we at that point in the podcast? Because I would say that actually that might backfire <laughs> in as much as I'm now comparing that
0: to Wunderfogel. Right. Let's talk scores then. Come on. Let's so, talk scores. Okay. I hear you. Uh, I I feel that was a little more. Uh, we had a little more electricity in, in that retelling than uh, with oh, yeah. Fundefogel. I was feeling that
1: story Yeah Come on There was a talking cat Gate, dog, tree
0: Well okay Right We have to forget it though Adam We have to forget it Okay Funtifogel Positives Cool little brother sister combo Uh, Loved it Bird abducts a child Um, Transforming into a church and chandelier Little goons who go out to find them um, I'm, I'm struggling
1: I <laughs> no, see you're, you're talking yourself out of uh, high school No, I I have to put out the uh, Baba Yaga from my mind I love the story mm. It was really enjoyable You know, we d- there is an issue The further along we get The more that like The less easy it is for me to Be surprised by a mad one And this still had the ability to surprise me Mm-hmm that was um, true. I saw that in real time. Yeah, exactly. I was surprised. So I think for that, it gets many points. Wow, um, great. So I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like the twists and turns. I like the, the transformations. I like the inexplicable
0: cannibalistic cook. That's just weird. You love a transformation chase. I know this isn't your favorite type of transformation chase. It's not, but I I, I still really enjoyed it.
1: And uh, although the one in Sweetheart Roland ended with the mum sort of, like, cutting herself up to death by yeah. like, dancing in a hedge, yes. this one ends with a duck drowning a cook. <laughs> I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant.
1: Uh, I That's agree. That's
0: absolutely brilliant. It, it, yeah. It compares to Sweetheart Roland on that level, I think, but I'd say Sweetheart Roland was quite a while ago now, but I'd say it's one of, it's one of my favourites, I think. There's so much more happening in that story. Yeah. I think it's got like three different ATU types crammed into that story. It's just yeah. a much bigger journey. Oh, it's incredible. I enjoyed this one, and you're right, a duck drowning a uh, cook to death is always good.
1: Always. But um
0: just just to put it in some perspective there for you. Yeah,
1: no, no, I, I think you're right to do so. And on that with that in mind, I couldn't tell you what score I gave Sweetheart Ronan. But on this I'm thinking relative to more recent scores, it's higher but not that high. I'm I Basically, I'm toying between a seven and a seven and a half. Okay. I think I'm going to give it seven and a half. I enjoyed it. Hey. It was a good story. Okay, nice. Seven and a half.
0: That's a very respectable score. I think so. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm happy with that because I, I was worried during the telling that you weren't enjoying it as much. No,
1: I, I was enjoying okay. it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah, Loving when I it. see a look of confusion on your face, that's a positive thing.
1: No, yeah, I I, I
0: I enjoy the confusion. So, yeah, what do you think, score-wise? I liked it. I did like it mm-hmm. for all the reasons you've mentioned, and I, I I think I liked it when I when I start to think of it in terms of you know what's it actually saying and thinking about it in terms of perhaps it's a story about um, being growing up as a an orphan in a way, and that that. I don't know. I think that gave it an extra bit of level of meaning that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, a bit of emotional heft. Indeed. 6.5. I'm going to go 6.5. Okay. Yeah. Which uh, averages out as a 7. So that's a 14, right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. 14 out 14 of 20, out is 20 a very good score. I think it's very good. Yeah. Well... Uh, I have to say though I think my favourite uh, part of the episode was introducing you to Baba Yaga
1: I loved Baba Yaga The bony was legs incredible The bony legged woman with a house on chicken legs Yeah Who rides around in a magical pestle and mortar <laughs> Yes Come on It's about time
0: we met her I feel perhaps yeah. a lot of listeners will know who she is She's pretty yeah. famous in the this uh, world of fairy tales and folklore Well
1: I'm happy yeah. to finally have Baba Yaga in my life <laughs>
0: but that's great <laughs> Well, I, I better, I better hop in my, uh, the old pestle and mortar and head on out of here. Yeah, you better. Sweeping away as I go, <laughs> I will see you next time for the three sons of fortune. Yes, come on. Come on. I'm excited about that. That, that is a really like solid title. That, that promises adventure and fun, right? Uh, it really does. I. I hope it doesn't let us down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Keep it grim.
1: See you then. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.